The past cannot yet be changed, but the future is ever in your power, unknown. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. I am recording today's podcast episode old school, which you would probably not be able to tell the difference. But all that means is that I've got my mic hooked up. I'm sitting by my desk. I've got a giant hazelnut coffee made from home in my Piscean mug. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty excited and pretty good to talk to you guys today. I've been filming my podcasts recently as almost like a video file and then splitting them into two. So I figured that for today, while I'm in the middle of kind of transitioning from basically the way I was doing content before to how I plan on uploading content in the near future, I would just sit down and old school chat with you guys. So yeah, that's pretty much what my day is consisting of. I don't know why I'm feeling the need to explain it all to you, but hopefully you guys are also in a good place, you know, drinking some coffee, maybe you're on a walk, maybe you're driving to work, maybe I don't even know, but either way, I hope you're having a great freaking day. Today, I figured we could talk about a topic that was kind of weighing on my mind last night. So I couldn't really fall asleep. And you guys know those nights where you're just like, you're awake, but you don't really want to be awake, but you're just kind of laying there and you've got really nothing else to do. So you just kind of start, you know, asking yourself questions about life and deeply contemplating just, you know, the reason why we exist and all that. I don't know if I'm the only one I can't be, but that was pretty much what my night consisted of last night. I even had an internal debate of what came first, the chicken or the egg. And I mean, that's probably a podcast for another time. I won't get into it, but I ended up like hop, skip, jumping and stumbling upon the idea of you can't really change your past, but you can change your future. So I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday and I had stumbled across a tweet that had said something along the lines of you need to train yourself to let go of the things that you're so afraid to lose. And that was just this kind of concept that stemmed, I guess, from this thought that I was having now later on in the night, because I was thinking about the past and how, for instance, just to give you guys an example, like, If you've ever been in one of those moods, just one of those moods where you can't really describe why you're in a freaking mood and you're finding yourself just super reactive to life, like let's say like one tiny misfortune or inconvenience kind of happens and you find yourself a little bit frustrated or kind of acting out a little bit. So that was kind of like a mood that I found myself in a few times over the last like week and a half. I don't know if it's mercury retrograde or if it's literally just lack of sleep, probably the latter, but I kept on catching myself kind of reacting to life rather than responding and then being really kind of like disappointed in my reaction, like being like, oof, I probably shouldn't have freaked out that bad. Or like, oof, I really hope that that person just like doesn't see me as someone that's just like super, I guess, reactive or stressed out or who knows, you know? So I was just kind of thinking about that and how, okay, so if that's the case, how can I change that? Like, what do I do now? Because in this example in particular, I feel like there was like a few instances where maybe not my best side was being shown and there were people around to witness it. And I was thinking about how much that just kind of weighs on me sometimes. Like I'm like, oh, I wish I could just erase that from their memories so that they didn't have to see that side of me. One stem of that though, one stem of the thought that came from that was that for one, I feel like, you know, especially the people that are closest to you, everybody's got flaws. Everybody's got an ugly side. Everybody has a bad day. So for one, it's a refreshing reminder if you've ever felt that way, that 
you got to love people through their good and their bad and their ugly. And how many people do you love in your life that you're close to that you love through their good, their bad and their ugly. So let yourself off the hook a little bit with that one note to self. Um, but the second stem of that thought was that you can't change the past. There's nothing you can do to rewrite what's already been written. But that said, it's not a new concept that you can change your future. Like you can redirect the way that you manipulate, the way that you write, the way that you basically call forth what's going to happen to you, but not what has already happened. So then realistically, what we're kind of left with is where we're at right now. And where we're at right now is the ability to learn from the things that we wish we could erase or the moments that we wish we would have acted or done better so that we can then change our future. Like I said, I feel like this isn't a new concept by any means, but it was one of those things I was thinking about last night because For instance, the fact that I feel like I've been more reactive lately, I was like, okay, well, why have I been more reactive lately? Like what has been going on that's made me be that way if I haven't felt like I've always been that way? Like I said, for one, I definitely think that lack of sleep can sometimes make me just a cranky individual. I feel like anyone related to me would probably be able to back that statement since I was a little kid. Lack of sleep and me just do not get along. And I don't often get cranky, nor do I often show my cranky side, but it exists. And when it comes out, she's not fun to be around. She's kind of like an energy vampire. And so for one, I noticed like, for instance, that in particular, I was like, I do not want to be remembered or thought about as somebody that is an energy vampire, because not only do I suck the energy out of myself when I'm being that way, but I suck the energy out of other people. So for the next 24 hours, anytime I notice myself getting really frustrated, I'm going to take a quick second, take a quick breath and choose to act differently. So right away in thinking that way and in kind of setting that tone for the next time that I bridge that gap, I've created kind of like a trigger thought. So, okay, let's say I wake up the next day and, you know, I spill my coffee on myself. That's the only thing I can think of right now that didn't happen today. Thank God. But let's just say it did. My initial thought then would be, okay, instead of reacting and getting frustrated, I had already planted the seed in my mind that this is a moment I can learn and do better. And every single time that we do that, every single time that we think I'm going to make this better next time, and then we do, we kind of create this ripple effect where we make it a little easier the next time to catch ourselves and then the next time to catch ourselves. So I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I am somebody that I tend to go through waves in life. I'm only 25 years old. I don't know if it's something that like is a common pattern in our lives. I don't know if it's something that is maybe subjective to few. I don't know. But I feel like I go through phases where I feel like I'm peaking, where I'm like a hype beast. I feel like I'm on my A game and I'm like getting everything just done and feeling like I'm constantly responding and very, I guess, centered. I feel like I go through phases in life where I definitely feel more centered. But after a few weeks or a few whatever, months maybe even in a row, sometimes I've even felt centered for the accumulation of like a year. You tend to go through phases, be them big phases or smaller phases, where you feel a little off-center. And it's in those moments of feeling off-center that I think we actually learn the most because it's easy for all of us to be on our A-game, right? It's easy for all of us to feel like we're just like crushing life, doing all the things we got to do. Our moods are up. 
you know, our bank accounts feel full, our bellies just feel like full. I don't know. We just feel like we're peaking. We just feel like we are on it. So during those times, yeah, of course, it's going to be easy to be happy and to be like, you know, just reacting or I guess rather responding to life in the way that we choose to in a way that we feel is more aligned with our values, more aligned with our principles and just more aligned with ourselves. But then when you get off center, when you feeling just weird for whatever reason, even if it's not necessarily totally visible, like I tweeted the other day being like, I'm in a fine mood externally, but a weird mood internally, you know? And the reason why is because it was like externally, I feel like I'm pretty fine. Like it's nothing's really wrong. It's just that internally I'm having a lot of like deep introspective thoughts and they're kind of putting me in a weird place, but in a good way, in a good way, because I think that when you go through those phases, when you ask yourself the harder questions of life, when you're you know, curious as to why you've maybe been a little crankier than usual or more reactive than usual, it kind of forces you to kind of look in the mirror and and ask yourself like, what the heck is going on and what's causing it. And so I feel like it's during those times that we're actually able to then learn and stem and grow from, but you have to kind of do it in small incremental doses. So a good example of this is a book I recently read was talking about the Zorro circle. And the whole idea is that when Zorro was learning to fight, he wanted to be like the world's best fighter and all that, but he was basically trying to conquer the world in one night. And his master basically drew a circle around him and was like, you're going to learn how to be a good fighter in this circle only. And then once he started to gain talent, once he started to get better, his master then expanded the circle. And as the circle got bigger, he became a better fighter by growing through incremental steps. So you master the small part first, then you go for a little bit more, then you go for a little bit more. So I feel like for me anyways, whenever I feel like I've kind of fallen off my A game, like I've become a little uncentered, even if it's just the matter of like a couple days in a row, you feel off. It could even be hormonal. Like there's so many things that can just knock us off unexpectedly. And there's no need to like, you know, freak out about it or like make it a big deal. But I think instantly we kind of, or at least in my experience, I kind of expect myself to just snap out of it overnight And instead, if we use the whole Zorro circle metaphor, it makes it a lot easier to then let go of what we've done and kind of shift our focus instead to what we can still do about it or how we can change the course of basically the way that we're heading. So for instance, another thing that I feel like has been a big focus of mine now that it's November, I don't know, it's weird because I feel like depending on if you just listen to my podcast, you might not know this, but if you also have happened to stumble across my YouTube channel or anything like that, there's a series I do called YouTuber. And this year in particular, I feel like I I was trying to be very conscious of the fact that like I didn't want it to become something that sucked the life out of me, that drained me or that made me you know, so stressed that I would just like, it was like an unhealthy thing. Right. And I just wasn't fully prepared. So I was trying to be graceful about learning what I needed to learn about that this year and just kind of take it with ease. But now that that series is over and I'm kind of going through the motions of like, okay, well, what is, well, first of all, what did that teach me? But also what am I going to take forward and what is my next move? Like what's my next game plan? That along with the fact that I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but with 2020 around the corner, guys, that's a whole freaking new decade. We're entering a whole new phase. And not only that, I feel like, I don't know about you, but the energy surrounding 2020 feels really good to me. It feels really, 
exciting. It feels really fiery. It just feels really, I feel like there's going to be a lot of really awesome monumental things happening in 2020 and also just like change happening in 2020. So I kind of decided early on in October that once October was over, once the series was no longer something on my plate that I was mainly focusing on and my time opened back up, I really wanted to take the month of November to kind of reflect on what I learned so far in 2019 and take forward the lessons that I needed to, to make some serious kind of game plans and commitments in 2020 that I wouldn't let go of, like to start small, to do the Zorro circle moving forward, because I felt like 2019 wasn't necessarily the biggest year in terms of my career, but I felt like it was a really big year in terms of just changing as an individual and kind of personal growth. So while 2018 felt like a big career year, 2019 was a big kind of self-reflective year, a big, you know, letting go of parts of myself that I felt no longer served me and just learning a lot of life lessons. And I think the reason why I'm kind of in the place that I'm in right now and and looking forward to 2020 is because I feel like I've learned so much to bring forward with me, but there's also like those lessons came from things that I think at the time felt really hard. And at the time I wished I could just kind of let go of and, you know, not have had to deal with, but now given what I have learned and trying to instead look at it as like, okay, I can't change anything that's happened, nor would I at this point, even though let's say at the time I didn't love what was happening or, you know, the change felt hard. The lesson was like learning it over and over and over again until it ingrained itself into my mind. I feel like now looking back on those things, looking back on those moments, looking back on even just some of our hardest, you know, hardships, it's now kind of put us in a place where you can look forward with still a good chunk of time, like almost two full months still till 2020 to really use this whole new fresh start that our calendar year gives us to create some serious change in the way or the direction you might be heading in for your future. So for instance, kind of like how I mentioned 2020 felt like a career year, 2019 kind of felt like a personal year. I have just this weird feeling that 2020 is going to be like a big mix of personal and career. I don't know why I feel that way. I think partly because of just the lineup of events in my life has just kind of at least for me, giving me this perspective that that's what it kind of looks like. But just ask yourself, like when you think of next year, when you think of 2020, given what you know is already maybe on your calendar, maybe you already have some events coming up that you know of, or you know you're entering a, a new school, or maybe you're going to be graduating. No matter what you plan on basically already doing in 2020, what does that year already kind of feel like to you? What can you sense coming? Because a lot of the times intuitively, I think we kind of already know what kind of changes we can see coming in our near future. And also what kind of changes we would like to see coming. So for me, I feel like I'm like, okay, 2020 is right around the corner. What do I want to change personally? What do I want to change career wise, but not in the, in the sense of like, I want to change it because it's bad, but I want to change it in the sense of what kind of positive movements and what kind of positive redirecting can I start doing now? What kind of positive commitments, what things make you think 
of the excitement and of the great things that you could basically call forward for yourself in your near future, given what has happened in your most recent past. Now, doing that and asking yourself those questions, whether you kind of journal about it or you sit and meditate on it, it can be a hard question to ask yourself if you feel like you're kind of looking at it through the filter of fear. And that is why I feel like most of this year has felt so weird for me because I think that fear really kind of kicked me in the butt this year more than I really wanted it to because I had grown kind of consciously aware of the things that I was so afraid of losing. And I felt like I was tested by the thought of seeing little moments or seeing little things where I was losing those things. Like I was feeling the fear of what it would be like to lose parts of myself, to lose habits that were toxic for me, or even to lose things that I loved dearly or wanted to hold near to me. There's this whole idea in uh, the Buddhist culture that basically attachment is the source of suffering. And even if you're attaching to good things, it means that if that good thing is ever taken away from you, then you're automatically kind of signing yourself up for suffering. So when I read basically that tweet that I I was talking about where it said to basically train yourself to let go of the things that you fear losing the most, it's a really scary and a really daunting thought because when you let go of those things, you're afraid that they're not going to come for you then, right? And we're always kind of told like with manifestation and things to think positively and, you know, act as if it's already yours. And so I think for me, it was kind of finding the balance this year of like, okay, what's the balance between letting go of something, but also thinking positively and assuming that it's already mine so that I can manifest it into my near future. And again, I'm only 25, so I don't have all the answers, but this is kind of the self-reflection I've done. And this is kind of the answers that I've gotten thus far. And the late night thinking I was doing about this last night was that I think that there is a lightness that comes from planting the seed of something you want, but then training yourself to let go of it. And training is an important word there because I don't think that we can just be like, okay, I let this go and our brains will just magically actually let it go. I think we we truly do almost need to go through in our brains the process of what our lives would look like to not have that thing and still be okay. Because if you know that you can still be okay, despite what's happened to you and despite what could happen to you, then I think that that is where we open ourselves up to the present moment in a way that we can actually then shift and change the course of our lives. And that's really important when you're setting goals for your future. And when you're putting maybe resolutions on the board or, you know, goals and dreams for the next year, or maybe the next five years or 10 years, or it can be really good too, when you're trying to let go of things that are holding you back or fears that have basically put blinders on you. For instance, I did a big, long hour and a half podcast last week about basically my relationship to body image, my relationship to disorderly eating and all of that. And one of the biggest things I had to basically learn how to do through that experience in my life was learning how to let go of the idea that I had to basically attached to an image or an idea in my brain of how my body needed to look. And for the longest time, I think I held on to really bad habits because of the fear I had that if I let go, it meant that I would literally let myself go. And that wasn't the case, but I was so afraid. I was so scared. I was so untrusting that I believed that in letting it go, 
I would be assuming that it was a bad thing that I wouldn't be able basically to be happy with myself because you could either be one way or the other. And that is just so not the case. I think that when we actually truly learn to let go of things, specifically things that are holding us back and specifically things that are not serving us, what we actually do is we create a lightness around us. We create the idea that we can be okay without attaching to anything. And then from there, we're actually able to make conscious, healthy, and aligned decisions to what we're really looking to gain in our lives. Because for that example, let's say, I wasn't looking to be an unhealthy person. I wasn't looking to be a weak person or just a broken person, I guess. But my fear was if I let that version of me go, the only other option was for me to become my worst fear and for me to just lose myself and let myself go and have no sense of self-value. And so in my head, I had kind of tricked myself into believing that this was my way of valuing myself, which was so off and so wrong. The truth was it was in actually truly letting go of that fear that I actually found myself again through the idea of, oh, Now that I'm not afraid anymore, I'm actually able to make decisions out of strength and make decisions out of conscious intention and choice rather than solely out of fear. It created this whole other doorway, actually a million other doorways with all of the responsibility, but also the choice in the world to then choose what I really did want to align with, what I really did want to stand for and what I really did want to cultivate and call forward into my life. And that can work literally for almost anything else in your life. So let's use another example. If you are like terrified, let's say that letting go of a high paying job is going to leave you being broke the rest of your life, then you're going to constantly hold on to things that basically give you the idea of security, of money security. And you'll never be able to open yourself up or open your mind up to the idea or the opportunity that might come your way where you could do something that you love and still make good money in your life. That's kind of a simple breakdown of it, but it is it's a good metaphor for it in the sense of like, think about it when you're holding on to something so tight because you're so afraid of what will happen if you let go, anything else that comes around you in the present moment, you're going to miss it because you're not looking at your life with a full eyes. You're looking at it out of full fear. So let's say you do hold on to that job that you don't love, but that pays you really well and you feel miserable about it. You're drained all the time. Then your brain isn't going to be able to pick up on ideas or pick up on opportunities or to align the proper messaging in your own self introspection to be able to say, Hey, wait a second. I feel like I actually have a big message here on earth. I feel like I could write a book. I feel like I could, you know, travel the world and create a blog. I feel like I could go back to school. And even if that put me under or in debt for a little while, I could become, you know, a a lawyer or a doctor, or I could become a social media influencer, whatever it is that you truly, really want to do deep in your heart of hearts. And it kind of stops you from being able to see those things and make those connections and feel out and seek out and you know, I I feel like kind of sit and contemplate and just think about these other options that are always kind of there, but we have such blinders on because we're gripping to fear and we're gripping to what we think we already know, given the life that we've already lived. So for instance, bringing it back to the whole feeling a little more irritable from lack of sleep and all of that, right? I feel like 
If you can have enough of those bad days in a row, you might actually start to believe and identify with the parts of yourself that are reacting to life. For me, it was like, okay, am I an irritable biatch? Because if I, I feel like lately I've just been like reacting like an irritable biatch. So that must mean that's who I am. And the only reason why my brain was starting to believe that or to make that connection or think that way, or perhaps could have been, you know, the, the path I chose to take was because it was happening so repetitively that my past was basically painting the picture of my future that I was just doomed to be an irritable bitch, even given the fact that I know there's phases and times in my life where I haven't felt that way. But when you have basically a pattern that's ingraining itself more and more and more, and the fear from that pattern is causing you to grip on tighter and tighter and tighter, it becomes a lot harder to then believe anything different about yourself, about your potential or about your future or about your life. So basically the whole idea that I'm kind of getting at today is that we can't change what we've done. We can't erase our pasts. We can't take back things that have already happened, things that we've potentially said. We can definitely apologize. We can definitely learn our lessons and we can definitely change the way that we are behaving the paths that we're taking, the places that we're going, and potentially even rewrite our entire future. The only thing is all of that can only ever happen right here, right now, in the present moment. If you give yourself the time to actually look at, and I mean like take a microscope and look at the things that you are afraid of, look at the thoughts that you're replaying in your mind, look at the belief system that you've built around your past and how that dictates your future. And then learn to let go in a way that isn't letting go of yourself or letting go of the things that you truly believe in and the true values and principles that you have in your life. And instead, let go so that those things can actually come into fruition because when you're not so hyper-focused on holding on so tightly, you'll be able to act rather than just plan. And from there, you'll be able to be truly free to embrace the kind of deep change that you might want to see in your future or see in yourself or maybe even see in the world around you because that's another thing too like it can be a very morbid world to live in if you are constantly being told you know our earth or our environment isn't going to last or you know you're keeping up on politics and it just seems so terrorizing and it seems we are constantly basically shown images and taught things that give us the idea that the odds are always stacked against us. And that, of course, is going to cause a ripple of fear in all of us. But if we allow that ripple to create massive waves and to capsize our boats, no wonder we're going to feel like we have no control over our lives or over ourselves or over our paths and our destinies. We have way more control than we think. It's just that that control doesn't come from gripping tightly. It comes from letting go. It comes from forgiving ourselves. It comes from learning from our past. And it comes from rewriting our futures, taking the pen back in your hands, taking the paintbrush back into your hands and painting a picture or writing a story that you truly do believe in that really resonates and sits with you and then letting go of that pen or paintbrush and living it and actually stepping into your full power without any fear, without any resentment or regret on where you've been and without any fear or any kind of 
you know, mistrust and where you are heading and where your future is taking you. So that's pretty much the life epiphanies that I was having at three o'clock in the morning last night. Um, I kind of didn't even really write points for today's podcast. So I just kind of wanted to, I don't know, speak off the cuff, coffee in hand on the thoughts that I was pretty much having last night super late. I should have honestly just sat up, threw on my microphone and recorded it then because I feel like there was more points that I had, but that was pretty much the gist of all of it. And ultimately, I feel like the biggest lesson that I'm learning coming out of 2019 and slowly but surely fading into 2020 is that when, only when, we truly let go of the things that we really want, can it ever actually truly be ours. And only when we choose to not attach to the things that we believe we need to identify as you know, being happy or identify as being ourselves, then we truly get to actually live a full life in full flow, like in full consciousness and in full capacity to basically live each moment to the absolute fullest. So that's kind of how I'm trying to ingrain those lessons into just all of the planning that I'm doing right now for 2020, which is also another really exciting thing. I feel like I want to do like a full video on just like how to prep for the new year and how to do all that stuff because I know that you don't have to wait for a new year or a new week or a new Monday or a new day to basically be a new you or just to cultivate some change, but kind of like the Zorro circle, I feel like we're all in the perfect little pocket of the year that with about a month and three quarters left till 2020, we can kind of start our little Zorro circles now and create some serious change ripples so that by the time the clock strikes midnight for 2020, we've already basically set some serious foundations for some great general and just like also life monumental change to come for us in the next decade. It still can't get over that it's going to be a new decade. Anyways, those are all the thoughts that I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed today's Coffee Talk podcast. And if it resonated with you in any way, or you have anything to add to it, any story to tell, please feel free to you know write it in the comment section based on where you're listening or tweet it at me, Instagram it at me, all of that. And uh, aside from that, I'll talk to all of you guys next week. Bye guys.